Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about the correlation in between autism, ADHD, and phobias. And, um, see I have a few phobias myself, and one of them, one of them that has come up for me recently, um, actually a few times in, in the last year, is uh, bees. I have a strong phobia of bees. Um, and I think part of this is kind of um, related to a bit of a trauma of seeing my sister get stung twice at two different points in her life. Um, one time when she was four, and another time when she was 19. Of course, when she was four, it was mostly crying. When she was 19, it was a lot of swearing. Um, but, you know, it, I've seen her have strong reactions to being stung twice. So I think there's always, like, a little bit... I see a bee and there's always a little, like, that instant worry of am I going to end up being stung by this bee and having that terrible pain that I, I saw my sister experience. And I think it does relate a little bit. To, that's where it already starts relating a little bit to sensory sensitivities and just the, um, even just imagining the the feeling even never having been personally stung but having witnessed others close to me getting stung and imagining the feeling of the sting is already kind of a overwhelming thing for my brain like I already get very paranoid about that um and there's also just I think like something about the how loud bees are and how you can't really predict where they're gonna go like I don't know if they're if they're on like if they've landed on a door or something or a wall or whatever you never know like when they're gonna start flying again and you never, like, while they're flying, you never really know where they're going to go and if they're going to change direction all of a sudden. And, you know, the fact that they can literally chase you and use that, like, their speed and their... Uh, like, you could probably outrun them, but, like, it depends. If you're in a small space, their ability to change directions can... Um, work in their favor if they are determined you know to get to you and then I think it also depends like I guess this applies a lot to wasps because I know bees will will generally not tend to sting unless you do threaten them but you can also threaten them un unintentionally and they could sting you and that's what happened to my sister both times is that she unintentionally touched the bee or covered the bee with her hand one time she was singing and she just like put her hand on the 
on the couch that the bee was and she got stung. And the other time, uh, she was, I think, opening a door or something like that. Um, so it's really like, it doesn't help when people even, it doesn't even help when people say, oh, if you don't threaten them, they won't sting you because it's like, yeah, but what if I threaten them without knowing or just accidentally? And I've seen that happen with my sister twice. Um, and then it's also like wasps, you know, like I have read as a fact that wasps, they can sting you multiple times and they can sting you unprovoked. I have read that, I don't know how true that is, but I have read that they can sting you unprovoked. Um, and so last summer, I actually had unfortunately two occasions where uh, wasps, there were, you know, wasps nearby, near my house, and wasps got into my room. And I was extremely freaked out because there's so many variables. It's not just like there is a freaking wasp in my room. Um, you know, that's enough to freak me out just because of all the variables and all the dangers and knowing what I know about wasps and how they're a lot more aggressive than bees. But then I have a cat as well. And I'm like, there's no way in freaking hell that my cat I'm not going to let my cat get stung. Like, my cat could could get killed if if, if she gets stung by, by a, a bee or a wasp. Um, and so I start freaking out. I'm like, I mean, my cat is like, I can't get her out. It, it's such, I remember it was such an ex a, a scary experience for me because, like, my cat is just, like, doing her thing and it's like, she goes under the bed, I can't, like, drag her out of under the bed, and the wasp is, like, you know, in my room, like, on the, it would go towards the, the window a lot, because the glass, I mean, it's not really a window, but it's, like, a glass thing, but it doesn't open, and, um, and, and I was just, like, the, the sound and the, the paranoia of getting stung and worrying about my cat, all of these things together, you know, I'm freaking out, I'm kind of in a meltdown-ish situation, and I end up um, going out, leaving my room, but, so I'll, like, wait outside of my room, I'll have the balcony door open, which is the darn culprit of how the thing got in, and so then I'm, like, at the door to my room, like, peeking inside, seeing, trying to figure out where the wasp, like, trying to see where the wasp is and what it's doing and where it's going and when will it leave and just constantly watching the wasp and watching the door that I left open purposely for the wasp to leave and the wasp doesn't leave. And this can happen with flies too, even though I'm not usually as freaked out by flies because I know that they can't sting. Uh, with bees, I am freaked out, and with wasps, I get very freaked out because of the fact that they can sting multiple times and that they can sting uh, intentionally, like, uh, without being provoked. Um, so, anyways, like, that's what would happen, and thankfully, both of those times, the wasp did eventually end up leaving, and I was able to return to my room and resume what I was doing. But mind you... 
each one of those times, it was an hour to two hours of interruption, not only dealing, you know, not only to the point that the wasp leaves, and then for most people, it's over when the wasp leaves, right? But for me, with my sensory processing differences, I'm still thinking about that wasp or that bee or whatever, like, for maybe a few hours later, after it has left, I'm still thinking about it, and it's still messing with my head, and it's still messing with my ability to do the tasks and activities that I had planned out for that day, and it's throwing off my whole day. So that's a little peek into how certain fears and phobias can affect neurodivergent people particularly people with um, sensor with processing differences, be it sensory or emotional or both. Um, so yeah, and then, you know, as a bonus, you get a little story um, of something that happened to me recently as an example. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was insightful for you. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.